the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Todd Starnes Show, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There's never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. Live from the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's conservative blowtorch. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. Todd Starnes. Oh, yeah. And hello, Americans. Welcome to the Todd Starnes Radio Show. Hope you are doing well today. Uh, folks, we've got a lot of ground to cover and, and a lot going on over the next week or so. Uh, when it comes to leadership in this country, the the voting is still going on in Arizona and Nevada, as hard as it is as it is to believe. Uh, they still have yet to count the votes there, also in California. But NBC News earlier today projected that the Repu- the, the Republicans would, in fact, um, take control of the House of Representatives. We will wait and see because there are a lot of votes that still have to be counted. And I've got a lot of stuff to say today, folks, a lot. A couple of things. First of all, the Republicans have to change leadership. Uh, that's that's the starting point for the conversation today. Uh, we're going to be checking in with Scott Perry, who is chairman of the House Freedom Caucus. He will join us a little bit later today. But it's very clear to me that Ronna McDaniel, Kevin McCarthy, and Mitch McConnell have to go. Uh, they got to get out of there. Uh, th- I'm sure they're all very nice people, but the reality is we are in a fight for our nation. And if you cannot win, you are the coach. Well, guess what? You get the heave-ho. And it's it's as simple as that, folks. And I will say this, as a member of the Republican Party, as a donor to the Republican Party, uh, they will not get a single penny from me until leadership has changed. Now, at this moment, uh, the Republicans are beginning to uh, figure out leadership positions. We know for a fact that uh, Mitch McConnell is not going to is not going to stop. He's not going to wait until after the the December election to determine who the senator is from Georgia. He wants a vote right now. So Mitch McConnell wants to be, and more than likely will be, the minority leader unless unless we light up the phones on Capitol Hill, and that's what we're going to have to do. You're going to have to call your senator and tell them that you don't want Mitch McConnell as the next leader of the Senate, you that it cannot happen. The same thing for all of you folks that are right now paying very close attention to what's happening in the House of Representatives, where it appears that Kevin McCarthy could be the next Speaker of the House. Now, it's our understanding that the House Freedom Caucus is going to be offering an alternative challenger to Kevin McCarthy. We don't know who that person is. It ought to be Jim Jordan. 
that's who it ought to be. And if you're asking me, Todd, who do you think ought to who do you think ought to be the challenger? Who do you think ought to go up against Mitch McConnell? Well, for me, that person is Senator Marsha Blackburn of Tennessee, and I want to explain why. First of all, she was out there, boots on the ground, campaigning for a lot of these candidates who won their races. And she deserves this because she's been busting her butt. She's also a staunch conservative. And even more importantly, she is a communicator. This was her business. She was in communications. She understands how to get the message out there. But look, we've we've got a lot of ground to cover between now and whenever they they make that decision. But Marsha Blackburn gets my support. I don't even know if she's interested in running. We'll get her on the program, and we'll find out. Or maybe other senators can actually put her name in the hat. You people in Arkansas, I apologize. You are screwed. Tom Cotton is a Mitch McConnell disciple. And he's already said he doesn't understand why we need a leadership change. So the Freedom Caucus will probably be putting Andy Biggs up. I I like Andy Biggs a lot. He's on the program. He's a regular. I'm sure he would do a fine job, but I like Jim Jordan. And Jim Jordan is a is and Jim Jordan is not going to want it because he wants to chair judiciary. All that to say, we've got some big decisions to make and not a lot of time to make those decisions. By the way, I'm curious, now that you've had a chance to just think about all of this over the past couple of days, we're almost we're coming up on a week tomorrow. I'm just curious, who do you blame for what happened? last Tuesday. Who do you blame? Now, I want to go back and remind you of some things here. Um, We know beyond a shadow of a doubt that the polling data was off, and we told you that from day one. We told you not to believe the polls. I've had a chance to go through and and look at at the maps and look at the races. And folks, those people that were out there, the pollsters and the politicians that were saying the Republicans were going to win, you know, five or six Senate seats, those people were off their rockers. Because when you actually sit down and you analyze what seats were up, there was no legitimate way that five or six seats were going to swing to the Republicans, even on a great election cycle. And this should have been a great election cycle. It was an okay election cycle. It was a ho-hum election cycle. But the but people are trying to blame Trump here, and they're, I, I don't think Trump is the guy to blame here. As a matter of fact, when you look at Trump's record, his candidates did very, very well. You say, what about New Hampshire and Bullduck? Well, I got news for you. That was not a Trump-endorsed candidate. The guy was pro-Trump, but he was not a Trump-endorsed candidate. Trump, Trump did not jump into that race. You say, well, what about what's happening in Arizona with Carrie Lake and Blake Masters? Well, the question there is, what was Mitch McConnell up to? Because we know that Mitch McConnell was playing loose with the cash, pulling funding, not providing enough money so that Blake Masters could mount a successful campaign. And who knows? They're still counting votes down there. I know they've already called the race. And by the way, have you noticed they did the same thing in Nevada? Again, where Mitch McConnell was pulling money out of the race when it was very competitive. So when you look at the at the the path for the Republicans to take over the Senate, the path was pretty narrow. 
But it included places like Pennsylvania. It included places like Georgia, Arizona, and Nevada. And you can throw Wisconsin and New Hampshire into that if you want to. And again, the reality here is, did Trump screw up? Yes, he did. He made mistakes out there. He backed the wrong candidate in Pennsylvania. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. But what's happening in Arizona right now? You know, I was talking to a very good friend of mine who is a guy in the know. And he has been on the sidelines for a lot of this. When I, I'm not, no, I can't tell you his name because if I talk, no, this was it was an off the record, but he did say I could share what what we talked about, but I can't mention his name because again he's on the sidelines trying to figure out if he should jump into this and and share his concerns. He he never was one of these the election was stolen guys, but he's very conservative. He's been very involved in politics for a very long time, and he told me, Todd, I. I can't help but look at what's happening in Arizona right now and what just happened in Nevada. And I can't help but think this doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense that these votes have not been counted already. It doesn't make any sense that Adam Laxalt in Nevada, he was leading, and then all of a sudden the lights go out for, what, eight or nine hours, or the 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 video camera goes out for eight or nine hours uh, where they're counting the ballots, and the, when the, the video camera pops back on, guess what? Adam Laxalt is behind in the vote count. Oh, by the way, if you notice something else, this is fascinating. Again, I was jotting down a lot of notes this weekend. Something very fascinating about the mainstream media. Adam Laxalt had been leading by a large margin since Tuesday night when the the polls closed. He has been leading up until the video cameras got shut down in the uh, ballot. Was this in Washoe County, Nevada, which is, I believe, the Reno area. Is it Washoe or Washoe? Somebody will call me and let us know for the Nevada Talking Network. But what's interesting, as suit the moment, the moment the Democrat surged ahead by just a smidge of a fraction of a point, the moment that happened, the mainstream media immediately called that race for the Democrat. It didn't matter that the, why didn't they call it on Wednesday or Thursday or Friday or Saturday when Adam Laxalt was far ahead. But as soon as the Democrats just gets a smidge above the Republican, boom, the race is over. It makes no sense. So this person I was talking to said, Todd, I, I don't know what to do here. I, I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist, but I think this race was I think this race has been stolen or is in the process of being stolen. By the way, now you're starting to see a lot of the people uh, you're starting to see these these closet never Trumpers start to surge out of the woodwork. And a lot of them are employed at the Daily Wire. You know, people, they love Ben Shapiro. And I get it. You know, he's out there and he um, he talks, you know, uh, very fast. And, uh, you know, the, he he um, insults the, um, the liberals and puts them on their place. And people love that kind of stuff. But what people fail to realize is that Shapiro and all that crowd, they never really were on the Trump train. And so now Candace Owens is out there. And Candace Owens is taking some shots at uh, President Trump. Cut number two, please. 
And eventually he was like, yeah, I'm so mad at Candace. I'm so mad at Candace. And this got back to me that he was upset with me, that he was angry at me. And the next time that I saw him, he was quite rude to me. He was actually rude to me. I'm telling you this personal story because I think it is something that made me for the first time question him as a person. So you have an individual that spent years defending you, right? And that individual gave you a completely kind and fair interview. You said something yourself that your base didn't like, and you somehow transformed that into something that I did wrong. That's unacceptable. That is, that is not being a leader. Trump needs to take a good look in the mirror, and he needs to take a good look in the room, and he needs to read the room accurately. He needs to take a look at those that are around him that are inspiring this paranoia and making him believe that everyone's out to get him, including his friends. And he needs to exercise a tiny bit more humility when he gets something wrong. Trump is not perfect. I'm not perfect. I get things wrong. I edit. I say, thank you guys for bringing me this new information. I hadn't realized that. And there's still a period where he could transform. But I think the results of last night's election, which are still coming in, show that we aren't sure. That he's not sure, and therefore we aren't sure. All right. So there's Candace Owens. What I'm trying to tell you is, Even when you deal with the conservative media, folks, you've got to understand that not everybody is who they say they are. And you've just got to, a lot of this just takes time. And you can sort of read through the lines and figure out who's on what side here. But I'm on the side of conservative ideology, conservative principles. And I'm supporting the candidate who's going to stand up for and defend those principles. Now, look, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a break. This, we're going to throw out a lot of questions for you. And I, 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 but I want you to hear something before we go to break. Todd Stearns is still very hopeful about all of this. This is not the end of the conservative movement. This is far from it, ladies and gentlemen. I still have hope in America, and, and I have hope because these numbers, what happened last Tuesday, yeah, it looks bad on its on, on on its face, but these are fixable problems. But the first thing we have to fix is our leadership. And McDaniel, McConnell, McCarthy, they got to go. They got to go. Who do you blame for what happened on Election Day? 844-747-8868. Again, that is a toll-free telephone number, 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern Show. There's no question, folks, America is hurting. Crime and inflation are out of control. It can be so discouraging, but there is hope. If you're a senior, you remember better than anyone how strong America can be when we work together. And that's why I urge you to join forces with AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. AMAC exists to enrich the lives of seniors and uphold freedom for all Americans by fighting for conservative causes. Membership comes with discounts on hotels, restaurants, cell phone service, and much more. And my friends at AMAC offer advisory services on things like Medicare, financial planning, and Social Security. Becoming a member of AMAC is easy, and it only costs $16 a year. Go to amac.us slash to sign up today. I'm a proud member of AMAC, and you should be too. Go to amac.us slash now. Join millions of other AMAC members receiving unparalleled benefits while we work together to get America back on track. Join AMAC today at amac.us slash That's amac.us slash Well, 
Well, we have election season here. We start voting about a month before Election Day, and, and we keep counting after Election Day forever. And we're in the process of still counting the votes. And there are about 300,000 ballots that have not been counted. This is according to the county recorder, many of them in Maricopa County. And they are from heavy, very heavy Republican areas. So we're waiting for the vote to be counted. You know, I, I consider someone's vote their voice. I think of it as a sacred vote and it's being trampled the way we run our elections in Arizona. I've been sounding the alarm for two years. Nothing got done. Very little got done last legislative session and we need to get in there and restore faith in our elections. We can't be the laughing stock of elections anymore here in Arizona and when I'm governor I will not allow it. I just won't. All right, uh, that was Carrie Lake. Uh, By the way, a lot of people have been wondering, well, how in the world is it that Katie Hobbs is even leading in those numbers when she did not campaign, she refused to debate, and even members of her own political party were were horrified at, at at, at how lazy she was? And the answer is is very simple, ladies and gentlemen. Katie Hobbs is the Secretary of State. Her job is to oversee the election in Arizona. So the reason why Katie Hobbs did not campaign, the reason why Katie Hobbs did not debate is because she knew she didn't have to. Because at the end of the day, they would just magically find the numbers they needed to give her the victory. And right now, she's ahead. Imagine that. All right, let's go to the phones here. Who do you blame for what happened last week, ladies and gentlemen? 844-747-8868. Let's go to Statesville, North Carolina. William on the line. William, what's on your mind? Well, Todd, first of all, if I enjoy your show, it's very educational. I appreciate you taking the time with me real quick. I kind of blame Donald Trump, but it's not for this election for the midterms. I blame him for not stopping the insurrection. And I know that you, myself, and a lot of people in this country are tired of hearing about that, but he was the president of the United States. That mess happened on his watch. He should have stopped that. And had he would have, that would have earned a lot of respect for myself and a lot of other people in this country. And unfortunately, I'm guilty of it too, Todd. When you go to the polls, you carry your emotions on your sleeves, and we've got to stop doing that. And as far as the polls go, what Carrie Lake's facing out there in Arizona, that's just sad. It really is. Um, In my opinion, you know, what happened in Florida back in early 2000s with Al Gore and Bush, they fixed that problem pretty quick. I don't understand why they couldn't have fixed that problem in Arizona or Nevada. I really don't. So that's why it's it it opens up the door for possibly conspiracy theory stuff going on yeah well that, that, william back to ahead. the trump story back to the trump issue here and and i understand your concerns uh, but the reality is trump got out there and told everybody to march to be peaceful and we still don't really know what happened. Yeah, there are a lot of people who did some pretty horrible, heinous things, and they deserve to be punished. But the reality is most of the people out there were peaceful protesters. Uh, you can you can blame Trump for holding a rally on the ball, um, but that's his right as president to do. And again, I don't, I just, I can't imagine that was the reason why. Um, and and I've got some polling data to share with you guys, and I'll do that after the break. 
uh, that will defend my position on that. Uh, William, appreciate the call. And let me just say this, folks, and let me just say this. When you look at the Gen Z vote turnout, that's something we all ought to be concerned about. And we're going to get into that as well. 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern Show. You guys have helped build MyPillow into an incredible company it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to my listeners. Right now, MyPillow is offering exclusive offers on their bed sheets, their six-piece towel set, and even offering an extended 60-day money-back guarantee. Orders placed now through December 25th will now have an extended money-back guarantee through March 1st. The bed sheets are marked down as low as $29.98, and believe me when I say you will get a great night's sleep in these. Their six-piece towel set made with USA cotton comes with two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths, typically retailed at $89.98, now just $39.98 with my promo code. There is a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 1-800-839-8506 and use the promo code STARNS. Or go to MyPillow.com slash STARNS. That's MyPillow.com slash STARNS and use the promo code STARNS. One of the reasons why McConnell's got to go, and by the way, 7% of voters actually say McConnell's doing a great job. 7%, 81% say the guy is is horrible and has to go. So back last year, and we're going to get to the calls here in just a moment, so hang tight here. Mitch McConnell last year told a gathering, a private gathering, that there would be no legislative agenda for the midterm elections. In other words, McConnell's McConnell's plan was to just tell people how bad the Democrats were. There was there was no there was no agenda that said, okay, here's how bad things are and here's how we're gonna fix them. He didn't do that. Axios did a behind-the-scenes blow-by-blow of this dinner back on November 16th of last year. Senator Rick Scott was there, chairman of the National Republican Senatorial Committee. And by the way, I think he's got to go as well. A number of other Republicans were present as well. Each senator had his own table with donors, and they spoke about their reelection races. But a donor asked a question that could only be answered by McConnell. According to a source in the room, the donor said something to the effect of, we all know what's wrong with the Democrats, but what are we going to be running on to help us win? And McConnell's response said, with all respect, that's not what we're going to do. McConnell said that um, that the a contract with America was not a good idea. And he said that um, they were going to go and just focus on how bad the Democrats were. Well, that's a losing formula right there, ladies and gentlemen. Not to mention that Mitch McConnell's super PAC defunded Blake Masters' campaign, not to mention the campaign of General Don Bullduck uh, in New Hampshire, who did not have the support of Donald Trump. This was a Mitch Mc- Look, this was a Mitch McConnell guy. Mitch McConnell also funded pro-impeachment Senator Lisa Murkowski against her Republican challenger. He took sides. And that's why McConnell's got to go. 
Now, my question is, who would you like to see replace McConnell? I like Senator Marsha Blackburn. You may have somebody else in mind out there. All right, let's get to the phones, 844-747-8868. Let's start with Greg in Salem, Oregon, radio station KYKN, our great affiliate there. Hey, Greg, what's on your mind? Well, everything that you've said is totally spot-on correct. It's been said by some other people, too, like Mark, Mark Levin. It's pretty obvious that uh, all of the top Republican leadership is totally worthless because even when we do win, they don't do anything um, with the power that they have. And so there's no warriors in there except for Trump. And then we got a bunch of new uh, candidates that we're running that are they're excellent. But I... I find it uh, funny that, you know, the, the Democrats are always totally on the offensive. And look who they pulled out there at the end. They pulled out the pedophile Clinton and the traitor Obama, and they bring them out there to uh, do a little show. Well, I find it funny. The one name that's not been mentioned at all that's just as responsible for all of this is where the hell was George W. Bush? Oh, I'll tell you where uh, he is, Greg. Uh, Obama and Bush are holding conferences on saving democracy. And it just, they want us to believe it was all coincidental, but there's nothing coincidental about it. They're all in cahoots. That's right. That's right. But uh, it just, but I hadn't heard anybody uh, really bringing that fact out. So, when they all want to cry and say that, hey, we lost, well, it doesn't look like uh, we were trying very hard to win. And, um, gee, you know, where the, where the hell was George Bush? And I wish somebody would be asking uh, that question of him. He was palling around with Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger. And, and, and yeah. that's the overall problem here, Greg, is that there's, there's yeah. been a civil war that's being waged within the Republican Party, and they, it hasn't been exactly covert. We all know the sides here. So not, yeah. only, so not only are they battling Trump, but they're fighting against every conservative who believes in the, in the agenda of the Trump campaign. That's the problem here. Yeah, that's exactly, exactly right. And uh, you're you're uh, 100% spot on. People can see it. And um, I don't know, like you say, all we can do is try to get them out of there because until you get some warriors in there that really want to fight, we're just going to keep going down the same path. Greg, appreciate the call. 844-747-8868. Let's go to Iowa. Jerry. All right, Jerry, who do you blame? Uh, Brother Todd, thanks for letting me blame others. Um, so you suggested the other day it's a kind of a systems uh, approach for why this election went bad. And I, I'd say, yeah, lots of factors. You could you could throw in Soros money, Gen Z turnouts, uh, big tech shadow banning, early voting. Just oh, you could rank them and try to figure out which did it. But uh, so from a five thousand foot view, um, I would say that who's to blame for this election is. Those who staffed the election in terms of the people, the people administered the election, the voters voted in the election, um, the, the, the party leaders, they're, they're a small part of the, uh, the overall picture. But they're always in the news. They, they had an, uh, an effect. But uh, really, I'm going to trace it all back to um, the moral state of the country via 50 years of government-funded education 
It, it breeds a deep state. It breeds government-funded everything. It is the path to uh, the people voting themselves a largesse. The founding generation warned about if we if we don't mind our own store, if we don't take care of our own republic, it's going to go away. And I'm going to say that really government-funded education, K-12 through and universities, continues to crank out uh, wokeness for 50 years now. It's really started back then. And so we did this to ourselves. And the forecast is not great because every generation that comes along, um, there's some really great young people, by the way, uh, really excellent future uh, people. But we did this to ourselves and we can blame politicians, but you can't you can only do that so much in a free society, relatively free elected society. So I'm going to say we did this to ourselves by sending our kids to government funded education, which breeds more government everything it's it's indoctrination jerry and and we have seen at least a a full decade if not a decade and a half of kids being radically uh rewired and re-engineered to hate america to hate our constitution to hate capitalism uh they they have been convinced many of them have been convinced that the founding of our nation um was an evil thing and that we are not a legitimate nation. And, and unfortunately, a lot of parents didn't realize the extent of this indoctrination until the pandemic when they got to see it in their living rooms and in their dining rooms. And, uh, you know, we got to undo that. And, and that, to me, is the not just the biggest problem. That is going to be our biggest hurdle moving forward, which is why school board races become all the more important. And universities too. The, the, the forecast is for a lot more of it. If we keep sending our, our kids to go team university, we've got three of them here in Iowa and all the, uh, area colleges, they come out, um, changed. And that can, that means the Christian kids too. We got to get back to the way the nation was founded when parents were responsible for the education of their children. And that, children and that is the moral state of that's where the deep state goes to get its graduates that's where dc staffers uh they go to the, the universities and so we thank you todd we we did this to ourselves we did and uh jerry there's the good news is we can undo it it's going to take some time and i, I think, think we made some good strides last tuesday um but clearly um we've got a problem here 96 percent of the students who voted uh, in the election from Arizona State University, 96% voted Democrat. 96%. Only 4% voted for Kerry Lake. That that tells you how radicalized these campuses have, have gotten. All right, let's go to Chris in Statesville, North Carolina. Chris, what say you? Hey, thank you. Thank you for taking my call, Todd. And You know, what I say is it is the media and it is the politicians. Now, of course, and it's the people. And a good example of the people, I mean, is the gentleman you had called from Statesville two or three calls back that said he wears his heart on his sleeve when he goes votes. Well, bless his heart. What we need to do is vote for the right person. They cheated us in 2020. Nobody did anything about it. Matter of fact, we've called people election deniers. We've ridiculed them. And if you'll notice, Todd, even though they still don't got the results in, we still are not calling it cheating. Todd, how could that not be cheating? 
on either side, if you've not got the votes in after the day that the people come in, there is wrongdoing going on. And we're just sitting back letting it happen. Mitch McConnell, Schumer, they're together. So they were happy at this election, and they knew exactly what was going to happen. So that's all I was going to say. Thank you. Yeah, Chris, no, look, I appreciate your calling, and you're spot-on accurate. And and we've got to to assume this attitude of being fighters. We've got to be warriors for freedom here, ladies and gentlemen. That's, that's, That's all we have to do. Look, go back to 2008. We've got this audio. We played it last week, and we're going to play this over and over again this week. Because ultimately, this is about stealing the election. And there have been plenty of other elections that have been stolen. And we know that because of what Barack Hussein Obama said back in 2008. I would just like to know what you can say to reassure us that this election will not be rigged or stolen. Well, well, I tell you what, it it helps in Ohio that we got uh, Democrats in charge of the machines. There you go. Nobody bothered to ask the follow-up question, what do you mean by that, sir? But we all know. We all know. All right, we got to take a break. We're going when we come back, uh, we're going to get to your calls also. Some Democrats are now concerned that Trump will become speaker of the house. 844-747-8868. We'll play that audio. That's 844-747-8868. We'll be right back. Now, a heartfelt thank you from Senator Mitch McConnell. My fellow Republicans, thanks to you, we made it a real nail-biter that lasted longer than just Tuesday night. Of course, the Trump candidates went down in flames for the most part without significant funding. And I got to keep my promise to my colleagues on both sides of the aisle that none of their father-son relationships would be threatened by a reckless Hunter Biden investigation here in the Senate. So, all in all, a pretty good election, except for Nevada. But that's the way the gavel bounces. (laughs) Yes, that's an inside-the-Senate joke. Uh, See you in two years. Bye-bye. This message brought to you by Senator Mitch McConnell and IncontinenceAnonymous.org. There's no doubt the nation is facing a financial crisis because of the Biden administration's economic policies. Hi, this is Todd Starnes, and no doubt our economy is in trouble, and you need to take steps to protect yourself. Now, if all your money is tied up in stocks, bonds, and traditional markets, you are vulnerable. Gold is one of the best ways to protect your retirement. No matter what happens, you own your gold. It's real, physical. It's always been valuable since the dawn of time. Legacy Precious Metals is the company I trust for investing in gold, and they can help you roll your retirement account into a gold-backed IRA where you still own the physical gold. They can also ship the gold and precious metals safely and securely to your house. Did you know a million dollars worth of gold can actually fit inside a shoebox? Call Legacy at 866-528-1903 or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. (laughs) 
And welcome back to the Todd Starnes Radio Show. Happy to have you with us today. Uh, Jeff writes in, uh, Todd, I am disgusted by people who loved MAGA when it worked for them now turning on Trump. That shows weak-minded, spineless traitors just falling for the mainstream media, Democrats, and rhino BS. That's bull hockey. Trump is unlike any POTUS we've ever had, and I remember thinking I wish he acted more presidential, but I didn't vote for an actor. And we've been used to actors in politics our whole lives. Trump exposed the fakes, the pretenders, and the swamp. He stood strong and remained himself, not what anyone wanted him to be. And look, Jeff raises some good points here. I mean, Trump is is behaving in private the, the way he behaves in public. Same can't be said for people like Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy, who were literally trying to sabotage our efforts to retake the House and the Senate. All right, let's go to the phones here. Amber on the line from Abingdon, Virginia, listening to us on the great WABN, great radio affiliate. Hi, Amber, what's on your mind? Hey, Todd, um, I'm a repeat caller, and I love your show, so I have to throw that out there. Thank you. Uh, And I got the signed copy of the Daily Biscuit, and it is amazing. Well, I'm glad to hear that. (laughs) So I just wanted to kind of throw in there that I'm, you know, I'm 33. I'm not, I'm not old, but I'm not young. I'm in the middle. And I have, what I have seen, my husband's a minister, is that in the last few decades, the church has really just kind of laid down the mantle as far as we stepped back and we stopped getting involved in political issues. And we said, hey, let's separate it all so we're not divided. And we essentially divided ourselves anyway by not having anything to do with these issues. And now we have a bunch of Christians who are voting for people that are standing up for beliefs that are not biblical. And they're against what we stand for, but we justified these things for so long. We have a bunch of confused Christians that just kind of lay down and take whatever's thrown at us when we could all band together and we could have seen that red wave that we really looked for. You know, it's interesting you you mentioned that, Amber. There's there's a report out there from Christian Post saying that church attendance is still short of the pre-pandemic level. So a lot of people, they stopped going to church because the church is shut down, and when the church is reopened, uh, they did not go back. So once you get out of the habit, so I'm wondering if that has played any sort of role in the lack of Christian movement at the ballot box as well. I would say so, absolutely. It's easy if you stop going to church, you get out of your routine, you get out of the Word, you you just get out of touch, and it's easy to be deceived by different statements and by the media when you're not in the Word. My recommendation is, you know, we've got to have pastors in the pulpit that are not afraid to address these big culture issues. I mean, the other side is doing it all the time. And I'm not saying pick a side. I'm just saying, hey, here's what candidate A believes. Here's what candidate B believes. And here's what the Bible says you ought to believe. Vote accordingly. Absolutely. All right. Well, Amber, good hearing from you. And uh, don't be a stranger. Give us a holler back one of these days. 844-747-8868. That is our phone number. Who do you blame for what happened? And do we need new leadership in the House and the Senate? If so, who do you like? Uh, Again, look, I'm telling you, and we'll play this audio when we get back uh, after the break. 
But uh, the Democrats are concerned that Trump might become Speaker of the House. Now, tomorrow, big day. We're going to hear whatever the president's going to say. By all indications, he's going to be running for the White House um, in 2024. Uh, He will make that announcement tomorrow, and uh, we'll be bringing that to you live when that happens. Uh, So I'm not sure if the president has any interest in, in heading up the speakership of the House of Representatives. No doubt he would make a phenomenal House Speaker. Could you imagine that? He might even personally oversee some of the committees going after uh, these rogue Democrats. All right, folks, we got a lot of ground to cover when we get back. You're not going to believe this. They're firing white sign language interpreters on Broadway. The, the reason why is going to blow your mind. 844 844- 747-8868. That is our toll-free number. You give us a call. We'll be right back, America. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Live from the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's Common Sense Conservative Commentary from Todd Starnes. That's us, that's right, I love this American ride. All right, hello ladies and gentlemen, good to have you with us today. Welcome to the program. Go ahead and write down our telephone number, you're going to need this if you want to call in this hour of the show, 844 844- 747-8868. According to the official results, now NBC News has already called the House of Representatives for the GOP, but as it now stands, Republicans are at 212, Democrats 204. You need 218 to get the majority, and a lot of votes are still being counted, mostly, and I know everybody's focused on Arizona and Nevada, but mostly these congressional seats in California um, are, are the ones that are being counted. So we're going to keep you updated. Any uh, changes there? I do want to go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. I have been waiting since last Tuesday night to talk to our good friend Monica Crowley, host of the Monica Crowley podcast. Uh, Monica, good to have you with us today. Hey, great to be back with you, Todd. All right. Who are we angry at right now? <laughs> I think we're we're angry at a lot of people, but I think it, obviously, when you have a, um, an election that's very disappointing, people want to point fingers, and I completely get it. And that, in many ways, is very useful, because when you identify the problem, then you can fix it for the next time. The problem is that people who are actually at fault for this election on the Republican side 
have been in power for a very long time that have not fixed any of this. And I'm referring, of course, to the Mick leadership, McConnell, McCarthy, and McDaniel. They have been in office a very long time. They are mostly, for the most part, they're part of the uni party. And the uni party is full blast on defeating the America First movement. I just tweeted this a couple of minutes ago. The uni party is consumed with, you know, we talk a lot about Donald Trump. I think he's he's getting unfairly pounded for this. Donald Trump has not been in power for two years. And yes, he's been out there talking up candidates and supporting candidates and the rest of it. This is not about Donald Trump. This is about the America First movement. And the folks in the uni party, including on our side, are hell-bent on destroying that movement. And so if they have an R next to their name, and yet they're part of the America First movement, those Republican leaders will move heaven and earth to defeat them. They would rather be in a minority that they can control than a majority that they can't. And the America First movement is out of their control because the power is vested with us, not with them. And that's why they join hand in glove with the Democrats and the propaganda media in order to destroy it. So if I had to lay blame at the feet of anybody, it's the Mc, the Mc leadership. And we need to bounce them because you know what, Todd, if nothing changes, nothing changes. It's a fair point, and, and I'm with you, Monica. Um, I, I think this is where the blame should should uh, lie. Um, I will say this. When you go back to the Tea Party days, you had some of the people that are in charge now, including Mitch McConnell, who are out there trying to defeat Tea Party candidates, many of whom uh, became members of the House Freedom Caucus. And that seems to be where a lot of the anger and the hate from McConnell and his crowd, that's where it's being directed right now. Uh, but this is a mess, and and I just I feel for a lot of people out there uh, who are faithful Republican voters, and every single time we go down this path, and the same thing happens. And I'm with you. I think that's really the chief reason we've got to have new leadership. Yeah, I mean, nothing changes if nothing changes, which is exactly the way the corrupt uni party likes it because they can control it. Remember, Donald Trump came in as a total disruptor. And he disrupted the entire corrupt status quo and exposed the depths of the rot and the corruption. But he also came in, Todd, to fix America's problems. And he actually began doing that, which is, it's, it's remarkable. You know, the Uni Party has a vested interest in keeping America's problems festering. And the reason for that is because then they can come to us every two, four, six years and ask for money and vote. Oh, just give me one more term. I'll solve the border. I'll solve the economy. I'll solve this and that. And it's all nonsense. It's all a lie. They want perpetual power because it enriches and empowers themselves. They could care less about the rest of us or about the country. So Trump comes in. He doesn't owe anything to anybody. And he actually starts solving America's problems, booming economy, world peace, enforcing the border, all of this. They cannot stand being exposed in that way. So, of course, that's yet another reason, maybe the primary one, why he and the America First movement need to be destroyed. So, you know, now you've got Republican leadership. It's one thing to talk about the left and the neo-Marxist revolution that they have underway. But we don't even have effective opposition on our side because most of them are down with the left project. Most of them are like in on it. So we need real leaders, whether it's on the Republican leadership side 
or people in Congress and the Senate and governors who get it, who are not in on it, and who actually have the courage and the fortitude to identify it, confront it, push back on it, and defeat it. And unfortunately, those leaders are few and far between. Now, Monica, I'm I'm actually pretty hopeful in spite of what happened yesterday. I think the polling data was way out of out of line here uh there was no, look there was reality you, you're not going to have six or seven republican seats in the senate uh that that just was not going to happen i think you had a handful and very smartly i think the democrats knew that and they focused on those those seats and whether or not there were shenanigans we're going to find out i find it very odd um the uh, the video camera going out there in nevada as they're counting and then all of a sudden laxalt is behind the count and then god knows what's going on in arizona where you don't even have the uh, the, the final votes in yet well that's exactly right and the post millennial posted a story earlier today and i covered this today on my my podcast which is that the two people who are responsible for the vote counting in maricopa county arizona um steven richer i think his name is and the other guy's name is bill gates if you can imagine it <laughs> not the bill gates but the, another bad bill gates um, those two individuals, one year ago, began a PAC, a political action committee, to stop America's first candidates. They are the individuals right now counting the votes. So they, they have said, oh, we're, we're going to start this PAC and we're going to get some generous donations, which they did. I want to know who their donors are to stop people who are, quote-unquote, election deniers about 2020, who, who don't believe in democracy. Well, you know, by their definition, Carrie Lake fits that, right, because she's America first and dared to question the 2020 election. These are the individuals counting the votes right now in Maricopa County for Carrie Lake, for her race. The corruption runs so deep. And because they all have the protection of the press, Todd, they're, they are able to get away with all of this because the press just doesn't blow the whistle. It is completely outrageous. We've been through now two election cycles where our leadership hasn't fixed any of this nonsense. We've got to play the game according to the rules as they are. And unfortunately, in so many states now, the left controls the elections and the rules. And of course, they leveraged COVID in this direction, too. So instead of just like complaining about it, taking to Twitter like, this must be fixed, like Ronna McDaniel is tweeting, well, where have you been for the last two years? And where are We've they now? Where are they now, not, Monica? They, they, right. they should be in Arizona right now. 100%. 100%. Now, Carrie Lake's um, campaign has Harmie Dillon and a bunch of Republican lawyers on the ground with eyes on every ballot, we hope. But the RNC, the national leadership, come on. They have had years to fix this. By the way, early voting, mass mail-in uh, balloting, ballot harvesting, ballot curing, drop boxes. This didn't just delight on the scene in 2020, although COVID put it on steroids. This has now been going on for years, and our side has done nothing. So unless and until we play the game the way the Democrats do, and I'm not talking about fraud and breaking the law, but we've got to work within the, the framework of these new rules or we're never going to get elected to anything again. All right, let's talk about tomorrow real quick. Uh, we're expecting the president to come out. Uh, general thought is he's running. What say you? Yeah, I think he's going to announce that he is running for president. That's his prerogative to do. I think Donald Trump believes that he's got a lot of unfinished business to take care of, not just in terms of bringing the country back, but in terms of 
correcting the historical record about 2020. You know, the one thing that bothers Trump the most is being perceived as a loser. And we can debate 2020, whether there was enough fraud to switch that election around. That's all open for debate. But I think Donald Trump really believes that he got got screwed out of 2020 and basically screwed out of his first uh, term with the Russia hoax and the two impeachments and everything else that they kept him bound up with. So I think he's got unfinished business, and I think he's going to declare tomorrow. I don't think he's going to be the only Republican to declare over the next year. I think you're going to see a number of people jumping into the race. But I think Donald Trump wants to get a head start, and God bless him. And and you know what? I think a contested primary is a good thing for the ultimate nominee because it makes them stronger and tougher and more on the ball on a whole range of issues and dealing with what's going to come at them. So we'll see what he does tomorrow night, but I have no doubt he's going to give this race everything, just as he always has. Monica, great stuff as always. And folks, you gotta you got to get Monica's podcast. Download that. It's incredible stuff. And uh, Monica has all the scoops. Uh, Monica Crowley podcast. We have a direct link to it on our live show blog. Monica, always good hearing from you. I so appreciate it, Todd. Thank you. All right. Monica Crowley. And uh, a lot to unpack there. Um, I, too, believe the president is going to announce tomorrow, and I also believe that it is good to have a contested primary. Uh, Let's get all the people out there. If Liz Cheney wants to get up on that stage with Donald Trump, all right, let's see that happen. Mike Pence, Mike Pompeo, Ron DeSantis, let's see, may the best person win and may the best ideas win. So the question of this hour, ladies and gentlemen, what what do you want to hear from President Trump tomorrow? Will you support the president? If he announces a run for re-election, 844-747-8868. That is our toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. We're going to be taking your calls on that. Folks, the big election uh, is over. America is not going to be the same for a long time. Washington is changing, big media changing, and the rise of Newsmax is making a huge difference. Newsmax, by the way, now the fourth largest cable news channel in America. Every day and night, I watch Newsmax for the real news I can trust, and I love Rob Schmidt's show every single night. You got Greta, you got Eric Bowling, Sean Spicer, President Trump loves Newsmax, says it's really good. And by the way, tomorrow night, I'm going to be watching President Trump make that big announcement on Newsmax. You got to watch their live coverage. Now, here's the deal. You need to text this word, rally to 39747, you're going to get the very latest information about Trump's announcement and all other kind of Trump news. Rally to 39747. That's text the word rally to 39747. people welcome back to the Todd Stearns radio program let's get to the phones here 844-747-8868 let's go to Horn Lake Mississippi Arnez listening to us on our flagship station KWAM hey Arnez what's going on hey how you doing I'm well thank you I'm good um I don't I'm waiting on tomorrow to see what this announcement is going to be I mean he's running we know um my question, like, here's my thing. One, one, 
one thing I, I it's like this election did not go the way the Republicans expected it to, and honestly, it didn't go the way I expected it to, because I, I full I expected the Republicans to pick up at least ten seats in the House and maybe two in the Senate, but that didn't happen, and you know, for the next few days and pretty much for the last few days, everybody was speculating what happened, what went wrong, what went right, this, that, and the third. Who Everybody's pointing fingers at who's to blame. I heard they're going to delay a leadership vote in the Senate tomorrow. I mean, it, it, everything is just a mess right now. And Trump announcing he's going to run is not necessarily going to make things more simpler. But we still got the, the we still got Georgia to worry about. And that's that's coming up in, what, three weeks, I believe? It is, yes. Uh, the Herschel Walker-Raphael Warnock race. Yes. And my question, and right now, like, one, there's a lot of finger pointing at Trump because a lot of those candidates were candidates he handpicked and endorsed and lost. And it, 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 it hurts his status as a kingmaker. But at the same time, one thing that's, that will be really telling, and if if you're Herschel Walker's campaign, you know, Herschel Walker wouldn't even gotten this far if it wasn't for Trump's endorsement. There, there's just no way. And Trump pushed him, he- pushed him hard, pushed him heavily. And he at least got him as far as a runoff. But if you're Herschel Walker's campaign, do you rely on Trump to get you over that finish line in these next three weeks? Or do you go with, or do you go with a DeSantis or do you act or do you ask for help outside of Trump to come to your rallies to, you know, give you that endorsement? It's like, where do you go from here? Because Trump has obviously been wounded. And like I said, if you would have told me two months ago that if Trump would announce running, he, if, I would have said, yes, he, if he announced that he's going to run, he's going to get the nomination. Now, I don't know anymore. I, I, I really don't know, like, What's what's next? And it's like we don't. The Republican Party appears to be appears to want to move on from him, but truth is, he's not going to let them. So, Arnez, here's, go- you know, we're looking at some of the exit poll data. Thirty-two percent of voters said they went to the ballot box and they cast a vote to oppose Joe Biden. Thirty-two percent. I'm and and there's a point to this. So hang tight with me for a second. Only twenty-eight percent said their vote was to oppose Donald Trump. So more people went to the polls to oppose Joe Biden. But the problem is that was the entire strategy that Mitch McConnell laid out. You see, it's Mitch McConnell who laid out the national strategy, not Donald Trump. It was Mitch McConnell and Rick Scott. And they and, and we know because of that report, and we shared this in the last hour, uh, back in 2021, they said they were not going to be putting out an agenda. They're not going to be saying, here's what we're campaigning on. We're just going to campaign against Joe Biden. So those numbers right there, that number, 32% tells me that Mitch McConnell's game plan was a flawed game plan. And that's on McConnell. That's not on Donald Trump. And, and, and you're right about that because – if if I'm a Republican senator, yes, that needs to be that needs to be the platform you need to go on. You need to oppose you need to oppose this whoever's in office who, who's in opposition to your party. That's what you that's what you need to do. What happened? I don't know, but obviously with, with McConnell, who are you going to have to replace him in the Senate? Like who 
who realistically could you put at could, could you put in the Republican Party that you can sit here and say, okay, this guy can replace McConnell? Uh, Arnez, like, it's a it's a great question to raise, and we're going to throw that out to our uh, our audience here. We're coming up on a uh, break here, so you'll hear the music pop in momentarily. Uh, that is a great stopping point. So if it's not going to be Mitch McConnell, who do you like? Who needs to be leading Republicans in the Senate, ladies and gentlemen? Some people might say John Thune. I'm a big fan of Marsha Blackburn. Some people might even say Josh Hawley. Who do you like? 844-747-8868. Arnez, thank you for that call. Great conversation. Uh, so here's this audio, as promised. This is Jamie Raskin. He's really concerned that Donald Trump could end up becoming Speaker of the House. Take a listen. Election deniers didn't prevail in the key battlegrounds, but CBS tallied it. And at least 155 House Republicans in the new Congress have raised unfounded doubts about the validity or integrity of the 2020 election. These are going to be your colleagues that you will be working with. What change is that going to affect in the work you do? Well, that's a statement about the political contamination of the GOP by Donald Trump. And again, um, you know, Kevin McCarthy and other leaders within the Republican Party are now required to make a decision about whether they're going to try to rid themselves of Donald Trump um, and his toxic influence on the party. But these 155 uh, House Republicans are his constituency. Kevin McCarthy, if he wants to be leader, will need to consider. Yes. Well, it's a real problem for Kevin McCarthy now because um, there are certain uh, pro-Trumpists within his House caucus who refuse to accept that he's really with Trump and they want to get rid of McCarthy. And some of them, they, they have names very early in the alphabet, like Biggs, and they might just vote for Trump when they, you know, take the roll call for speaker. So we know that the the hard right Freedom Caucus people are in search of another candidate. And one potential candidate uh, whose name has been floated is Donald Trump himself, because the Speaker of the House does not have to be a member of the House. And they are talking about putting Trump right there. That's not a real option now. Well, they talk about it repeatedly. And if Trump decided he wanted to do it, it would pose a profound problem for their party because they refuse to do the right thing. Early on, I mean, today it seems like the spell has been broken. It's begun to dissolve. We don't have Republicans around the country claiming that they really won when it's been certified that they lost their elections. Um, and yet there is still this big lie dogma, which, as you say, has been embraced by 150 members within their caucus. And so that is going to create profound cognitive and political dissonance within the GOP. Is it really Trump's party or does it stand for something else? And Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger are going to force that question. They're going to force the Republicans to choose. No, I don't think they are. Uh, Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger are now irrelevant. I mean, they, they are. So this is, you may not like the direction the party is going, but that's the direction the party is going. And they have moved. They have moved beyond 2020. Eight four four seven four seven eighty eight sixty eight. Let's go to Frank in Gainesville, Georgia. Frank, what's on your mind? Well, Todd, enjoy your show. I got some suggestions. 
Well, I think uh, Trump would be a great Speaker of the House, and I think John Kennedy would be a great majority leader. Oh, so Senator Senator John Kennedy out of Louisiana. It sounds like your dog there agrees with you. What's what's your dog's name? Yeah, she, that's Maddie. Well, Maddie, and she's she's a she's a reformed uh, Christian. <laughs> you know, Frank, I, I, I think it's I, I like your idea. And look, I think Trump would certainly be an entertaining uh, would be an entertaining speaker of the House, but also, quite frankly, could could be very instrumental in reshaping uh, the House of Representatives. I mean, that's it's a possibility. But I think Trump uh, has his eyes set on a much a much bigger office. Uh, Frank, appreciate the call and you go take care of Maddie there. Give that uh, dog a treat. It's always nice to hear the uh, the dogs on the Todd Starts radio show. Uh, look, I got a question for you. Um, have you seen the Lion King up on uh, Broadway? I I went back when I lived in New York City. I was a big Broadway. I loved going to the Broadway shows, and there were some really good Broadway shows. But um, I was not a big fan of the Lion King. I just, it's that whole puppetry arts thing. I don't know. It just kind of creeped me out. But everybody, look, I'm in the minority there. I know it. All right. So, so don't give me the what for. So anyway, there's a crazy story about the Lion King celebrating 20th, it's a 25th anniversary uh, of the Broadway show owned by Disney. And it's got a very prominent theater there uh, in uh, Times Square. So anyway, there there's a white sign language interpreter. His name is Keith Wan. And if you go to these Broadway shows, there's always someone there interpreting the show for those who cannot hear. And Mr. Wan is one of the best. He's in his early 50s, and he's also of the Caucasian persuasion. So anyway, he was hired to be the sign language interpreter for The Lion King. So and, and another person, another white person was as well. So anyway, the other day he gets a letter, an email saying that he's being fired from his job, and these morons actually listed the reason why he was being fired. It was because he's a white guy. So you know, there, there's going to be a lawsuit here, and Mr. Wan has indeed filed a lawsuit a federal lawsuit alleging that he was discriminated against. Look, this is beyond discrimination, folks. This is flat-out racism. So according to emails, and again, these people are morons, um, they say the reason why um, he was let go is because the, uh, the Lion King takes place in Africa and therefore only black people or people of color can be sign language interpreters there. There is a Supreme Court ruling back in 1976 that white people could sue under a statute that was um, that was passed in a law back during the Reconstruction era post-Civil War. Now, that law was intended to protect former slaves, but they believe that this law could also benefit white people who are now being fired for the color of their skin. Mr. Wan told the New York Post, hey, this is wrong. I, th- this is discrimination. He said, if you insert a different color, if you insert a different race, it is wrong. You are not allowed to fire somebody because of that reason. So according to the emails, um, and by the way, Disney's not commenting on any of this, but according to the email, they said only black sign language interpreters were going to be allowed. That's it. 
I mean, look, if that's if that's the new rule at you know on Broadway that you can only that an actor can that an actor has to be the skin color of the character he is portraying then all i can say is the folks at hamilton have a great big problem on their hands i mean the whole shtick of hamilton is you got a bunch of people of color playing our founding fathers and i hate to break it to you ladies and gentlemen but the founding fathers were a bunch of lily white honkies i'm just saying i well, there you go. Good luck to you, Mr. Wan, and I hope you sue the living daylights out of them. All right, 844-747-8868. Let's go to Martin uh, listening to us on radio station KPKK. Martin, what's on your mind? Uh, hi, Todd. Uh, I uh, I have a problem with this state. I've been in it since 65. I consider myself a native, uh, you know, from California, though. Uh, the state is... Uh, Bizarre. Let's put it mildly. That's putting it mildly. Las Vegas voted for uh, the the Mexican, and because there's a huge population of Mexicans. But in addition to that, the uh, Teamsters Union pushes their people to vote Democratic every election. I told you earlier. I think that Laxalt didn't have a chance, and uh, I, the woman uh, had a chance, and somebody didn't ever pick that up. She's a Mexican. And nobody ever picked that up, and the Mexicans voted for her. Now, there's thousands of Mexicans in Las Vegas. So what is and, it? I, I, know. I know you keep saying the word Mexican, Martin, but what does that have to do with anything? I, I'm sure there are plenty of Hispanics that voted for uh, Mr. Laxalt. I'm not sure that's the case, uh, uh, Todd, at all. Uh, I think they were swayed by, because they work in Las Vegas, and they work in Reno. All the Mexicans that ever came to Nevada, that's where they head for to get jobs. And uh, I've been here too long. But, but Martin, hold on, hold on. Let me let me let me jump in and ask you a question, though, because the gov in the gubernatorial race, the Republican actually won, and they credited the votes of the predominantly Hispanic uh, workers in the in the casinos for giving him right. the win because they were actually hit hard by the the Democrats shutting down the, the casinos. So I, I guess my question would be, how can you can't have it both ways, can you? Uh, yeah, I, well, maybe. Maybe you can. Uh, the point is, I think, uh, you know, the governor prior to the one that's in office now was a Mexican. They all voted for him, and then he shut down gun shows across the state. Martin, do you, now, do you not now, like Mexicans? This, no, I don't care one way or the other. Nope. Well, you do, Spanish. because you mentioned I have heard the word Mexican at least a dozen times here, Martin. <laughs> well, that's, so. that's, that's the shtick out here. There's a, there's a workforce that predominates in the casinos. You're right about that. That's not the point. Prior to that, black folks worked in the casinos. Guess oh, what happened? When I the see. Mexicans came into town, they pushed the blacks out. So that's how that, that's how that cookie crumbles. All right, Martin. I'm not trying to say I'm prejudiced. What? I'm trying to say that there is a difference between the voters here. But the point is, the, 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 the ultimate point is the state is corrupt from the top on down. It's run by the casinos. People never get the get the picture. It's run by the casinos. Whatever the casinos want done, it's done. All right. And uh, so, if you ever come to Nevada and play play the slots, good luck on that one. All right. When they came out, Martin. Yeah. No, I think we got it here. Uh, thank you for the call. And uh, look, um, to Martin's Martin is tr- Martin actually has a point here, uh, but it, but it's not the point he was making. Uh, he's right though. The casinos do control. 
the the state. But who controls the casinos? Well, it's the unions. That's who control. And it doesn't matter if you're black, white, Hispanic, Asian. Doesn't if you're pink, purple. It doesn't matter. The unions are controlling. And when you actually look at the map, and it is very clear. There are only two areas of the state that voted blue. Only two in the entire state. One of those was Reno, and the other was Vegas. That's it. So that's the point Martin, I think, was trying to make. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's go to Memphis, Tennessee, KWAM, our great affiliate there. Is it early? Uh, You are on the show. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, I like... I think the Republican Party is really messing up. Uh, I, I think they need to stay with Trump. Trump uh, got uh, a reputation right now nationally, all world, worldwide. I'm talking about we're facing a lot of nuclear terrorists, uh, and I think we need somebody strong like him. He'll stand up against our adversary around the world, and he's good for the economy uh, right here in the United States. Now, uh, since we've had, when we first, before the pandemic started, we were right on top of everything for us economically. Uh, and then the pandemic hit mysteriously. But he did good. And I think if we backtrack now, uh, we, if we got a lot uh, we already have gained. We're going to lose everything that we've already gained. And guess who's going to take everything automatic? Uh, the Democrats. They have been standing fast on the firm. They've been standing firm against, uh, you know, for same-sex marriage. Everything that uh, rational uh, Christian believe in, we got to hold our, our stand our ground. That's what I think. Early, I, I like the way you th- you're, you're thinking here, and, but I am curious, and you know, we're based here in Memphis, so um, I already know the answer to this question, but is there is there any hope within minority communities that we're going to see them turn away from the Democrat Party and realize that really the Democrats are holding people back here and that the Republicans are at least the party that wants you to claim your American dream? Well, well I put it this way, uh, but it's possible. I believe there's a lot of, uh, especially black men, uh, are really uh, against all this same-sex marriage and all of that. And they're not going to vote to, you know, encourage that. They're not going to support it. Now, uh, there's a lot of uh, Christian, so-called Christian ministries uh, I'm not preaching the gospel, but if enough Christians stand up, if they just go by the precepts, uh, what the Bible uh, prescribes for us to do, uh, yeah, I think we need to push push that harder, and maybe we'll have some hope. All right, good uh, stuff. Well, early, I want you to give us a call back one of these days. I like I like your politics and how you think, uh, and I appreciate you listening to the program and especially KWAM. Folks, we've got to take a quick break. Jerry from Tennessee wants to uh, wants to have a conversation about Martin from Nevada. We'll get into that right after this. Let's 
Let's go to Jerry, KWAM Radio. And Jerry, I understand you agree with Martin. No, no, no. See, you're already trying to, to reframe my, my comment. I'm, All right. long, I'm, I'm a long-time listener. All I've right. called you a million times. This is an observation. It's not a criticism. If Canadians come from Canada and Brazilians come from Brazil, how come Mexicans can't come from Mexico? What I'm afraid of is the liberalism is creeping into your show. If we have to qualify every single thing somebody says, then we're losing. No, 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 no. There's nothing wrong. No, Jerry, Jerry. Jerry, hold on a second. First of all, first of all, we don't we don't have the actual breakdown of who voted for what just yet. But I did I did run the numbers. And out of the out of the entire state of Nevada, t- only twenty percent of the electorate is actually Hispanic. So out of Hispanic, you can break that out into Mexican or Cuban or Puerto Rican. I don't. I mean, you can break that down. It's you know just to say that everybody who is a Mexican voted for the Democrats is just simply not accurate. As a matter of fact, Jerry, I'll, I'll take it a step further. As a matter of fact, Donald Trump uh, got the most Hispanic vote in. Nevada than any other Republican running for the White House. Thirty, what, thirty-two percent of the vote back in uh, back in the day. Okay, again, I'm not I'm not complaining. I'm making an uh, an observation. And again, I'm not sure that Mark was talking about all Hispanics. I was he was talking about the Mexicans that work in Vegas and casinos. Well, and he kept saying Mexican, 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 and then he started talking about the blacks. I think we get a pretty good idea of what he's talking about here. But the real, but the facts, Jerry, and I care about I care about facts on this program. Mark, Mark lives there. Mark knows, and I'm just afraid again. If he's a racist, he's a racist. Okay. I didn't say he was a racist. Out. I didn't say he was well, a racist. I'm just not understanding why he's calling. No, I. You're the one calling him a racist, not me. No, I'm not. No, I said if he was, then he is. Come on, Todd. Is he a racist? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. But I don't think it's I, fair to say that every Mexican, was. you know, every Mexican voted for the Democrats. I, that is just simply not accurate. He was talking about... No. I'm just, you, you're getting defensive. Jerry, getting defensive. I'm, not, no, I'm not getting defensive. I'm just telling yeah, you, I'm yeah. looking at the numbers. Okay. And he was looking at what he sees in Vegas. My problem isn't with what he said... It was your reaction that you run you run screaming from somebody who talks about Mexicans, people from Mexico. This liberalism creeping into everything. I asked to see his proof, Jerry. That's all. I asked to see the proof because you know what the proof is. Why isn't he talking about all the whites? All the whites because that's the majority voting block in Nevada. Why is he going after just the Mexicans? Why not go after the whites? I, I'm just asking, Jerry, just asking questions. All right, folks, got to take a break here. 844-747-8868, toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. Not defensive, but if you're going to come onto the program and make an argument, you got to bring your facts to support it. We'll be right back. From the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's favorite gun-toting, Bible-clinging, deplorable American. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. Right. Todd Starnes. Oh, yeah. All right.
right. Uh, hello, everybody. Welcome to hour three of the big show. Now, there's there's a story uh, percolating out there, and we're gonna we're gonna jump into more of this on tomorrow's program. But there's a big scandal brewing in the cryptocurrency world, and uh, it involves, believe it or not, it involves all the political parties. So there was, um, there's a group called FTX, and they're about to go belly up. But that's, that's not the part of the story that is somewhat scandalous. So it turns out that uh, President Biden has been sending tens of billions of dollars to Ukraine. And that money is supposed to be used for, uh, I guess, fighting the Russians. But it turns out that Ukraine has actually been investing that money into um, SBF, which is a part of this cryptocurrency group, a guy by the name of Sam Bankman-Fried. He's uh, a billionaire wonderkind. Uh, Anyway, these people, so you've got, so Biden giving tens of billions of dollars to the Ukrainians. The Ukrainians are taking tens of millions of that money, and they've been giving it, investing it into the cryptocurrency um, world. And then this cryptocurrency company has been giving that money to the Democrat Party, upwards of $40 million. Are you starting to understand here what's going on? Uh, Basically, the Biden administration has been funneling money, laundering money through the Ukrainians, only to bring that money right back into the United States to fund these Democrats and their policies. They are the second largest donor to the Democrat Party. Pay very close attention to what's going on here. A lot of moving parts, and we're going to get into more of that tomorrow. I do right now, though, want to go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. Good friend of this program, the founder, chief executive officer of Faith Wins, our good friend Chad Conley joins us. Hey, Chad, hope you're doing good. Hey, Todd, I'm like you, brother. I'm taking a look at all this stuff and shaking my head at being outfoxed and outsmarted once again. But really, Having to play on an unlevel playing field is not any fun. I've been reading this whole SBF and TBX stuff myself and just shaking your head, looking at it going, just wow. Chad, um, the, the pollsters got it all wrong. And, and I'm not sure that most, I'm not sure anybody had this projected the right way. Because when you actually break down a lot of these races, there was no way the Republicans were ever going to win those five or six or seven seats that they were projecting was going to happen. In, in reality, you know, my question is, was there really a red wave in the first place? You know, I think that we did a really poor job, Todd, of setting expectations because, you know, when you tell people you're going to win big, you kind of suppress your own vote. Now, we set some record turnouts and had some good wins, but I think you're right. It's an uphill climb. We only had to, we only had like uh, 10 or 12 seats to target and had to defend 20 something ourselves. Now, that flips in 24, but I do think you're on to something that we poorly set and certainly poorly managed our expectations. I don't know if you saw this, but to, to your point, when Blake Masters has nine million dollars to run for Senate in Arizona, and Mark Kelly has seventy-five million dollars, that that's not a level playing field, and it's very difficult to unseat an incumbent who outspends you almost ten to one. So, Chad, the raging debate right now is a change in leadership. Does there need to be one? Uh, I've been pretty outspoken. I think that all of McLeadership needs to go. McDaniel. Uh, McConnell and McCarthy. What say you? 
Well, I tweeted that yesterday, Todd, um, specifically at the RNC as a former state party chairman, as a former uh, senior staffer under Reince Priebus. You know, we flipped nine seats in 14, helped Trump hit a record number of evangelical votes in the win in 2016. And uh, Ronna McDaniel removed every bit of uh, Reince's program, essentially, and in the ensuing years, we've lost the House, the Senate, the presidency, and let's face it, we blew the most golden opportunity in the most uh, favorable environment in mine and your lifetimes. And I think you're right. The pollsters got it wrong. The issue pollsters got it wrong. But it all starts with leadership. Um, the old John Maxwell thing, you know, everything rises and falls on leadership. We really need to have new leadership at the top of the GOP. And what's bizarre to me, that was the strategy not to have any sort of direction for the midterm elections. Uh, We uh, pulled an Axios report uh, last year. You had Mitch McConnell telling donors that the plan was basically to campaign on how bad Joe Biden is. And you and I both know, Chad, that is not a winning formula right there. No, you can't beat somebody with nobody, and you've got to have a message. I mean, it's kind of like the abortion thing, Todd. You probably saw this. The left spent $410 million telling women that their rights were going to be taken away. And our people, our consultants, the experts, the pointy-headed nerds who, who successfully lost this deal, were telling our candidates, just ignore the abortion thing. Don't talk about it. Instead of painting them as the extremists they are and saying, look, they want to take a baby's life up to the point of birth. We don't even push back on that. And when $410 million swamps you, it's not hard to predict the outcome. So you're nailing it. You're on it. You're one of the few conservative voices in the country that's talking about this. And we've got to talk about it. There's so many people out there, conservatives, Christians, just, uh, you know, dyed in the wool Republicans who are scratching their heads and wanting badly to believe that our leadership wants best for America. They want to badly believe that the system works. And right now they're being let down badly. Did the the Christian vote turn out in the numbers they needed to turn out? Yeah, I think the Christian vote, and we don't have all the numbers peeled out, but when you look at turnout, I don't think turnout was our problem. I think that the left has adopted a program of of ballot gathering and ballot harvesting as opposed to voter drives. We we focus on voter, voter drives. And nobody on our side really talked about how do you counter what the left is clearly doing now. They're into this. We're going to go get get as many ballots as we can and uh, from potential voters and go from there. We push voters. I think that our voters came out pretty well. When you look at what Florida did, Todd, my friends in South Carolina, we flipped eight eight state house seats. Um, when you look at those New York seats, people came out. But when you see the numbers, I'm I'm looking forward to peeling apart the numbers in places like Arizona and Nevada to find just what you're asking, to find that out. And let's let's just face it, we're going to get a good dose of this in Georgia. We'll know for sure. We're going to do our own bus tour uh, the week after Thanksgiving to make sure the conservative vote comes out. And, you know, it's interesting when you you talk about vote totals, um, overall, Republicans turned out in bigger numbers than the yep. Democrats did when you put all the numbers together, more than six million. The problem yep. is where they turned out and where they didn't turn out. Um, and, and again, we, I'm, you know, I hate to say this, uh, but I'm, I'm just really suspect of the election returns coming out of Arizona and Nevada right now. I am too, and and you've got to scratch your head at this thing about, and, and it's a valid question. When Florida was what twenty two million people. 
uh, finishes voting and counting at 10 p.m. on Election Day, and we're nearly a week later, and they're still counting ballots in a couple states that are one-third the side of Florida. You, no wonder people question that kind of outcome. There's, it's, it's, it's unconscionable to be counting votes a week later in a place like America. We ought to have the systems in place. We used to do this. This has been created. I believe COVID was a cover-up for this to give them a reason to do mail-in ballots. And it's just it's the potential for problems is ripe. It's just huge and massive, and uh, it, it definitely does make people wonder what's going on and question the results. I want to play some audio, um, and being, you, you being a South Carolina guy, uh, this is Trey Gowdy on Fox last night, cut number 15 about living in a democracy is there's always another election a chance to learn and correct and grow and refine and based on the victory speeches from governor DeSantis and senator tim scott perhaps the next election cycle has already begun on the edge of even this dark night there is light i think it's coming you may even want to start walking talking about rick scott and i'm sorry i'm talking about ron DeSantis and tim scott from south carolina had their pictures up on the screen just so we didn't miss it chad Connolly. well trey's a good friend and uh, of course he and tim scott are best friends and so he's been telling tim for years you know man god's put you in a spot you'd be awesome in national leadership, and we know this, Todd, you and I have done this a long time, the election begins the day after the election. And when you look at the map in two years, and I think this is part of what Trey's pointing to, uh, the Democrats have to defend, I think, 25 Senate seats, and the Republicans only have to defend 13. A lot of those 25 are in red states. And so the map is much more favorable for the Senate in 2024 for Republicans than it was in 2022. But I also think there are emerging stars on the conservative side. And you and I know God's not surprised. Uh, he wasn't shocked by any of this. As our friend Bob McEwen says, we may just figure out God knows what he's doing. Now, in the, mid, in the middle of that, though, we're all scratching our heads going, okay, Lord, what are you doing here? Why is this going on? We see though, all the ways the left has lost respect, lost credibility, whether it's the crime wave, the southern border, the fentanyl coming across, the inflation, gas prices, Ukraine, whatever else. It's just, it's hard for us to imagine people would support that. And yet when you look at a Whitmer re-election and things like that, you realize a lot of people do, even Fetterman. So things like that make us scratch our heads. But I do believe God's in control. He's on the throne. I hate to be trite about those things, but they're true. And I think the future bodes well for America. We're not going anywhere. God's got us here. He's got a purpose in this. I am excited about the turnout that I saw in the states we were in. I don't believe it was bad at all. I think there's a lot of room for hope, brother. All right, uh, Chad, we got to leave it there. Uh, Good stuff, as always. Uh, Folks, we have a direct link to Faith Wins on our live show blog. Uh, Chad, appreciate you coming on the show today. Hey, anytime. Love you, brother. Appreciate you. All right, Chad Conley. And again, looking ahead to 2024, uh, you are going to see – it's setting itself up to where Democrats, and and Chad is right, where the Democrats are going to be in the hot seat, and they're going to have a massive uphill climb 
to be able to maintain their numbers because a lot of those Democrats now in red states they were they were not up for they were not up for reelection this go around but they will be in 2024. All right, I want to go to the phones here 844-747-8868. Let's go to Buffy in McMinnville, Oregon. Buffy, what's on your mind? Well, all the talk that I hear about, you know, who should be the next candidate and what the plan was for the Republicans, I think just don't matter a hoot. And the reason being is because I think that there's something very logical going on here. Um, I think, you know, when we look at um, we've had the worst economy in modern history, the worst inflation in America's history, out of control crime, open borders, failing schools, polls showing that 75 percent of Americans believe the country is going in the wrong direction. And yet. Uh, when you look at all the polls that have been taken, the top two issues were inflation and economy, followed by crime and open borders. And yet Biden and the Democrats won. Um, we have seen um, just uh, lots of talk about red waves, red tsunamis, lots of polls showing that. And yet all over the United States, once again, like what we had in 2020, um, Everything fizzled and went a different direction. And the only um, state in the United States that ended up having a red wave was Florida. Well, if you look at Florida, they have strict voter ID, strict laws against voter fraud, severe prison terms for anyone caught trying to commit voter fraud. You know, they don't have any mail-in ballots, no ballot drop boxes, no ballot harvesting, no ballots accepted for days after the election. Um, they don't count for days and days. They get the ballots in. They count them. They're done. So in my opinion, it's really that our election system is completely broken. And I don't care what our plan is. It's not going to work until we get the election system fixed. Well, and that's a great point you raised, Buffy. Um, we we saw that the state of Florida recognized there were issues. They fixed those issues. They're able to count the ballots. No, not even a whiff of voter fraud allegations in Florida. The same thing happened in Tennessee. Same thing happened in South Dakota, Oklahoma. Uh, these are states that are controlled by Republicans, and they got their act together when it came to securing the the, the vote. And that's what's going to have to happen in Arizona. The, the challenge there, uh, Buffy, you're looking at a Republican governor, Doug Ducey in Arizona, who turned a blind eye. They didn't fix anything. This There's absolutely no excuse for them not to know what the turnout is at the ballot box. So you're right. The election process does need fixing. Buffy got to run. We're late for a break. And I do want to share this. Our good friend Wyatt Cox from the Nevada Talk Network says, Todd, uh, just some background here. The Culinary Union is primarily made up of Hispanics of Mexican origin. I talked about a previous caller, Martin, who called in. Cortez Mastro is Hispanic, and that's why they broke for her in the Senate and for Lombardo in the governor's race. Almost a similar situation to what was happening in Georgia, where you had people vote for um, vote for Brian Kemp, but then they either did not vote in the Senate race or they voted for Warnock. Got to take a break. We'll be right back.
All right, uh, welcome back to the show. Uh, Want to share some uh, some information uh, with you? This just coming in from TMZ. Uh, Jay Leno uh, was seriously burned in a car fire. You know, he's a big car guy, auto mechanic. Uh, he just he loves cars, has a massive collection. Uh, according to TMZ, he's in a burn center, serious injury to his face. Uh, he was in his garage when one of the cars uh, erupted into flames. Um, sources say that the uh, the burns are to the left side of uh, Jay's face, but uh, thankfully, um, it did. It looks like his eye and his uh, ears, everything okay there. But uh, certainly, uh, you want to pray for Jay Luna. We'll uh, keep you updated uh, if we um, uh, if we uh, get any more information. All right, let's go to the phones here real quick. California, Eric on the line. Uh, Eric, I understand you're um, a member of the uh, the Merchant Marine. Yes. Well, I was. What's on your mind? um, Well, the people need to pay attention to this because this basically tells everybody what's going on. The the first thing they attack is the Merchant Marine. We have no Merchant Marine. The number one shipping company in the world is MSC, our Mediterranean Shipping Company. It's Swiss flagged and Italian owned. The number two largest shipping company in the world is known as Maersk. It's Dutch-owned, and Dutch is German. I I hate to say that, um, uh, not to offend the Germans or anything, but it's, you know, uh, um, it's also a kingdom. Uh, The number three largest shipping company in the world is CGA, CGM, it's French-owned, and the number four largest shipping company in the world, which is kind of misleading, is Costco. China well, Eric, yeah, we're going to have to stop it there because we're running out of time. I'm not quite sure what the point of that was, but uh, let's try to get some info from Eric, and we'll share that with our listeners when we uh, get back. This is the Todd Stern Show. folks now uh, just a little bit of uh, talk radio 101 here because we, we, we it's an education process uh, especially for our new listeners uh, we want you to stay on topic so uh, on Fridays we do something called open line Friday and you can call in and you can talk about anything you want to talk about but during the weekday we've got so many people that want to weigh in we, we try to stay f- incredibly focused on the on the big story of the day uh, so just remember that when you're calling in and by the way people where's grace grace is on vacation so uh we're, yes she's uh, taking the week off a well-deserved vacation all right let's go to the patriot mobile newsmaker line um great to have with us one of my favorite journalists robin poffman robin how are you today i'm good and i'm so excited to be talking about this very big topic why am i i don't know why i'm nervous about this <laughs> but i'm i've been somewhat i don't know it's anxiety uh ridden uh but there this is the story apparently uh there is some turmoil at the um, at the tiffany trump wedding over the weekend where Ivanka Trump allegedly cropped Kimberly Guilfoyle out of the photo. 
this is big this is big news we're talking about clothing concerns so kimberly goes rogue this is the girlfriend of course of don jr right you're you're dating the president's oldest son you're engaged to be married to him she's in todd a black dress from the 1980s with the michael jackson poofy sleeves so is that like against <laughs> wedding rules? I, I don't know. Is that the faux so, pas? Yes. So the theme of the wedding was this light blue and flowy, beautiful dresses that I- Ivanka had on and uh, Eric's wife had on. And everyone looked like they were in uniform with the outfits, right? And Tiffany Trump should have checked in to get a picture to make sure that Kimberly was dressed according to the plan. So let me just tell you this. Here's how I know. The, the, the bottom line of this whole story is it's always the bride day, Todd, okay? It's really the bride day, and Kimberly went rogue. And here's how I know, because I almost went rogue back in the day myself with a black dress. Really? So here's, yes. So back in the day, we're not going to get into names or anything like this, but my brother got married or was getting married. And at the time, his to-be wife picked out a dress that was really designed for her then very overweight sister. But I, at the time, a hundred years ago, (laughs) when I had a thyroid in my neck, was super skinny. And I had a different dress that was picked out that flattered my figure. However, I was told that it's the bride's day and that I needed to go along with everyone else in the wedding party. Well, anyway, I tortured my mother. That's another story. My mother engaged my grandmother, okay? My grandmother offered to pay for the alterations to get this big tent to be more flattering for me. And I was told by both my mother and my grandmother, it's the bride day, go along. But no, I was adamant. I wanted to wear what I wanted to wear. I was going rogue like Kimberly. But at the end of the day, I complied. The alterations costing more than the original dress. But I'm telling you, when I saw this today and she was cut out of the picture, when I saw the pictures last night circulating on social media, I was like, where's Kimberly Guilfoyle? Why isn't she at the wedding? Sure enough, she was there, but cut out of the picture because she went rogue. Wow, this is fascinating. Is, so this explains, <laughs> so like all the uh, the bridesmaids and all those people that uh, stand up there with the uh, with the bride, is, is that the reason they're, they're wearing the ugliest dresses known to mankind? <laughs> yes, yes. And so at my sister-in-law's wedding, I'm in this dress. That was absolutely horrendous because the dress I wanted to wear, had I gone the full Kimberly, I would have been in my own black dress, right? There's a word for it, the full Kimberly. (laughs) You have to go the full Kimberly. You have to go rogue. You have to go off the reservation. And I know that there are women that are listening to your show of all ages that have either, you know, have been down this road. You you know, you're, you're very excited about the bride, but they pick out, I don't know what it is, but they pick out the worst dress ever to make you look bad so they look good and then someone like Kimberly just wanted to look good but she's in black like she's going to a funeral 
and everyone else is flowing in a Florida white and powder blue, and Ivanka is blowing in the wind with her scarf, and Kimberly's wearing black. So, so <laughs> what? Should, get the memo. So, what should we read into this? Is there a tiff brewing between the the gals in Trump world? I think that it's when you do something like this, it creates, believe it or not, even though it's only clothing concerns and it's only a dress, Todd, it does create tumult in the family. And, and clearly she showed up at the wedding and people must have been like, OMG, what's going on? Did she not get the memo? Why is everybody else dressed with the flowing blue? Even the kids in the photographs all have, like, you know, the little light blue bow tie, and Ivanka's daughter is in light blue, and everybody else is matching. <laughs> everybody else got the memo but Kimberly Guilfoyle. I find it very amusing that Ivanka cut her out of the picture. I, I think it's the funniest thing I've ever seen. If you see the side-by-side, you see, you know, the five ladies and the bride, all beautiful in Florida, flowing dresses, stunning. And then in the original shot, there's Kimberly in black like she's going to a funeral. I guess you should have said no to the dress. <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable. And it kind of makes you wonder, like, what's going on? Like, why would you do this to become, you know, the center of attention? And it's not like this dress, like in my case, it was not about being the center of attention. It was about just wearing another. This I was in the same color scheme. I was willing to wear a black dress to my sister-in-law's wedding. It was just a different style. This woman is off the reservation. She's like in the best of, uh, you know, 1980. Okay, so here's the deal. So Kimberly and I are good friends, uh, Robin, and I. Okay. <laughs> there's no way I'm texting her to find out, what. <laughs> yo, what's up with the dress? That's you you have to find out. I mean, and you know, Kimberly is is a patriot, and you know she was a great news host, and she's a great patriot. She's been traveling around the country getting votes, and I'm all about Kimberly Guilfoyle. I follow her on social media, but I was like shaking my head, like like what are you thinking? Hmm. Hey, now, Robin, you are like the biggest Trump fan I know. Uh, what do you think is <laughs> going to happen tomorrow? I think that he's going to announce. But you know what? Here's the thing. You already held the job. It's like, you know, when you're a president of a company and you held the job and you did an amazing job, whether people love you or hate you. You know, he's a controversial figure. You know, no one's on the fence on how they feel about Donald Trump. Now it's about the party. And I have to say, with Ron DeSantis's huge win, um, it, 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 he's going to be tough to beat. And you know what really it comes down to? It's more than mean tweets. It's age, Todd. If you look back in history, when we've had older presidents, we've gone younger. Look, look, at, Ob look at the whole thing with Obama. You know what I'm saying? And, and how McCain looked and how he didn't know how his BlackBerry was working. And he looked like an old man because he was. And so we elected the young, cool cat, even though our, we may politically not believe in anything Barack Obama believes in, he was good TV. I remember the first time I saw him in person at the New Hampshire primary on a freezing cold night, and 95% of the people who showed up to see him and Oprah Winfrey were white people. 
And when I interviewed them and they were all about Barack Obama, I was I remember going on the radio the next day and saying, this is your next president. And people told me I was nuts. But there he was. And I would say the same here. I had the occasion uh, in the last week or so I was down in Florida and I saw Ron DeSantis in person on stage at a Leonard Skinner concert at the Hard Rock in Hollywood. And when you look at the man, he's a real young 44 years old with a young wife and young kids. And it, it kind of brings back a little bit of the Kennedy era vibe with the young little children. And that's what I think is going to get him more than anything else after having Biden in there, who's way old and I'm not a doctor, but looks like he has dementia, acts like he has dementia. I don't think we're going with another old guy, whether it's Donald Trump or somebody else. It's Look, that's a fair argument. And a lot of people are making that argument as well. I, I do know this. The economy is going to get a whole heck of a lot worse. While you and I were talking, uh, Amazon announced they're looking at 10,000 people laid off. They're going to furlough. FedEx coming out earlier today saying they're about to furlough workers. Uh, It's going to get pretty ugly here in this country. It it is. But you look at DeSantis, right? And you look at the Miami. And I've spent in the last couple of years a lot of time in Miami and a lot of time speaking with Uber drivers. A lot of them are from communist countries. I, I can recall conversations that I've had within the last year to three years. You have people coming from Venezuela, the legal way, Cuba, et cetera, et cetera. Venezuela, they know, Todd, that communism and socialism doesn't work. These are the people who have come to this country, hardworking people in Florida, in Miami, where Ron DeSantis got elected with a double digit. I mean, I know you know this. And I think that that's, again, for me, it comes down to to age. I think that Donald Trump loves America. I think that Donald Trump has all the right policies at the border in terms of the economy. But I think his time has come and gone. And I think that the the tweets are too controversial and too hard to swallow for certain people in certain markets and areas of the country. And... You know, I still love the man. I still believe he's a patriot. But if I had a, if I was in Vegas right now, my bet would be on DeSantis and Senator Scott from South Carolina as the VP pick. All right. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the official wedding planner of the Todd Stearns radio program. <laughs> Robin, <laughs> it's going to be a fun election cycle. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I, w- I really want to hear from Kimberly. Um, what were you thinking, my friend? All right, I'm going to figure out a way to text her this after the show. I'll keep you updated. You know what would have been better? Even if she would have worn one of her little red, white, blue patriotic numbers. Oh, that would have stood out very better, well. in the uh, A better, much better choice than the black with the poofy sleeves, Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. 1980s. She didn't get the memo. And Tiffany, Tiffany, check in with your bridesmaids. All she had to do was say, hey, by the way, Kim. What are you wearing? Oh, gosh. All right, Robin. Always good hearing from you. Robin Poffman, ladies and gentlemen. Great journalist. Take care, Robin. Fashion police. Fashion I love police. it. All right, folks. So we got to take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll give you an update on Jay Leno. Uh, the very latest uh, ends in a, in a pretty serious uh, car fire accident. Uh, we'll keep you updated on that. We'll be right back.
folks. Uh, we have an update on Jay Leno posted over on ToddSterns.com. Uh, it looks like he's going to be okay. Uh, Leno having to cancel some events. Uh, he said it's going to be a week or two to get back on his feet. So uh, our prayers are certainly with um, with Jay and uh, and his family. So, again, uh, that story up at ToddSterns.com. Also, just a reminder about our good friends at Patriot Mobile. They're America's only Christian conservative wireless carrier, and they're always uh, providing some incredible deals and discounts for listeners of our program. PatriotMobile.com slash Todd is the website. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Todd. Now, uh, use my promo code Todd, and they're going to give you free premier activation. They're also going to throw in a free gift. And if you're a veteran or a first responder, well, they're uh, they're going to give you an additional discount on top of that. PatriotMobile.com slash Todd. Use the promo code Todd. All right, let's get to the phones here. 844-747-8868. Cheryl in Georgia. Cheryl, what's on your mind? Hey, Todd, I listen to you every day, and but I got to say, I only wish that our biggest problem was the one that Robin was talking about at the wedding with the dresses. That would be wonderful yes. if that was the worst thing we had to think about. <laughs> but I am also a huge Trump fan, but I've got to also chime in with her, and this is before she even said anything. When I heard that Trump attacked DeSantis and uh, Governor of Virginia, his name is escaping me. I, I didn't even want to listen to what he said. It's just so out of line, and he's his own worst enemy, and he's just creating this division that is going to hurt us. I mean, I just want to cry. Yeah, it's. I didn't understand the Youngkin uh, uh, attack, and uh, he said that his name sounded Chinese, Youngkin. Uh, it's Youngkin. Uh, he is not Chinese. And again, it's just it's it's a cheap shot, and it's just not necessary right now. So I and I know there are the alpha Trump supporters out there, and they're saying, well, you know, you just need to man up, Starnes. No, I'm just playing smart politics here. You don't need to be attacking your allies. There's no reason for that. That's right. And that's where the Democrats Democrats have us. They support 100%. Why don't we do that? You know, just keep your comments to yourself and support the Republicans. It's not rocket science. I mean, this is just nuts. And I'm so livid at him. And I'm kind of in the same spot that Robin mentioned that I think it's just time for him to step aside. I would love it if he was Speaker of the House. That would be my dream ticket if he was if it was DeSantis and whoever. I mean, Scott, Tim Scott was wonderful. Um, and then Trump's Speaker of the House. But will his ego allow that? I don't. I don't know. I, we're going to find out tomorrow. Uh, that's for certain, Cheryl. I mean, I would love to see everybody there, all the big players, DeSantis, Trump, everybody, and have some sort of a unified message and a unified front moving forward. But I'm telling you, Cheryl, Amen. these these job numbers that are dropping, the numbers numbers of people heading to the unemployment line, this is frightening, and it is only going to get it's worse. Scary. And that's why we have to have not only a unified message, but we have to have a positive message that here's how we can fix this. Here's how we can get you back to work. Yes. And the this will what's happening when Trump does this is those people who are voting for him just because they like his policies 
and they can't stand him. Well, this is putting them over their edge. They'll just say, forget it. I'm done with them. No more. I don't care what his policies do. All right, Cheryl. So, it's a great know. it's a great point you raise. And uh, look, regardless, we're going to be here and we're going to be walking everybody through all this. But to your point, you're right. The Democrats, they all know they all know that Fetterneck is brain dead. But they voted for the guy after all because he's a Democrat. That that's what they do. All right, Cheryl. Appreciate the call, folks. We got to wrap it up. It has been a terrific show today. We're back at it again tomorrow. We're going to be checking in and uh, seeing what's happening down at Mar-a-Lago. President Trump getting ready to make the big announcement. You folks head over to ToddStarns.com. We've got all sorts of great stories for you there. You're going to love it. And, folks, we will see you tomorrow. Be good, America. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.